Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Support for MPB comes from the nonprofit RAND Gulf States Policy, helping decision makers strengthen public policy and improve communities along the Gulf Coast through objective research and analysis. Learn more at rand.org slash Gulf States. Good morning. It's 830. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, authorities are investigating a fire and an act of vandalism at an African-American church in Greenville. I see that uh, as an attack. I see it as a strategy, an evil one, uh, to deprive or intimidate or put in fear or invoke fear in folks, civil liberties and rights that they enjoy in this country, that we all should enjoy in this country. Then Democrats in the legislature call for the repeal of a tax cut. Later, we'll talk with two candidates for state Supreme Court in the Northern District and remembering a landmark year in the city of Oxford in our book club. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Authorities are still searching for the person responsible for setting fire to an African-American church and spray painting the phrase, vote Trump on the outside. Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, a 100-year-old predominantly black house of worship in the Delta, was in flames when firefighters arrived Tuesday night. The phrase, vote Trump, was discovered in the process of putting out the fire. The FBI is aware of the incident, which is also being investigated by the state fire marshal's office, the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, and local authorities. MPB's Mark Rigsby spoke with Greenville Mayor Eric Simmons, who says the burning and vandalism are an attempt to intimidate voters just days before the presidential election. The Greenville Fire Department was dispatched to Hopewell MB Church located at 640 North Delessops in Greenville for a reported church fire. Four units responded to the scene to discover a church fully engulfed in flames. The church was vandalized with the words, Vote Trump, spray painted on the side of the church. Now, we have contacted local, state, and federal authorities. We have ATF here, FBI, and MBI, and our state fire marshal here. This is a cowardly and hateful act. It has been investigated as a hate crime, and this act is a direct assault on people's right to freely worship. And so we're looking at this as a hate crime. Is there a person of interest right now? From understanding, uh, there is a person of interest. Uh, I don't know who that person is, uh, and the uh, authorities are talking to that individual. Mm -hmm. What would you like to say about 
the job by the Greenville Fire Department and the Police Department? Yeah, we have a great team working on this. Uh, when the call came in, uh, the fire chief uh, responded with four units. Uh, the Police Department came out with investigators. We have a great team on the ground working on this, and we thank the assistance and help from our uh, federal and state partners who have given phone calls and who have people on the ground working. And so they are doing a great job, but we couldn't do this without the cooperation and collaboration of a lot of folks uh, on the ground in federal and state uh, law, law enforcement organizations. As it pertains to the political message that was written on the church, has any political people here in Greenville or even in the state of Mississippi, have they reached out to you, Democrat or Republican, um, for, to, to let you know that they're there to help you? Yes, we, we've had uh, several Democrats to contact and say, look, we, we're here to help several people just in the community who wants to create funds to help these folks go back to church on Sunday. MPB's Mark Rigsby with Greenville Mayor Eric Simmons. Sharon Taylor is a member of Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. She tells Mark Rigsby the church is a home for her and her family. I am a member of Hopewell Baptist Church and have been my home, my God-given home, ever since I was 12 years old. Not only my home, but my four parents and my parents' home also. And that's where we all was reared, growing, and raised in Hopewell Baptist Church. Tell me what you're feeling right now. Right now, when I first woke up this morning, my heart did feel a little sad. I have cried a bit because that's a part of my, my spirit. That's a part of my God-given spirit that has been uh, taken from me. But I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit told me that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So I'm going on because I know that God is good and I know that the last thing and the last word will be said by him. And I just feel a little sad right now, but I know that as I pray and as I go on that everything is going to be okay and everything going to work out for the good of those who love God. And That was my home. And that's what got me feeling so sad and in spirit. This is a great community. This is a, a, a great uh, state of Greenville, Mississippi. We got so many people that are praying for us right now, that are helping us right now, that's, that's coming forth to do anything uh, that they can to help us get back on track. But I feel that the person who went in, you was, you, you, you was not good to go in and burn the Lord's house because he said upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against against it I want to let you know right now you have no power we're not claiming you to have no power just because of what you did we still love you we still going to pray for those who despitefully misuses us we're still going to pray for you we still love you in the name of Jesus. So we're just going to stay prayerful, stay prayed up, and, and know that the Lord is with us and know that we will get our house back up and get our house in order as soon as we can. And we know that God is working in our favor. 
It doesn't sound like you're intimidated one bit. I'm not intimidated by that that was written, the graffiti that was written on our church. I'm not intimidated by it, not one bit, because the same warm blood that runs through that person's vein runs through ours. I'm not color-coded. I never will show any bitterness towards my brother, sister, or enemy. MPB's Mark Rigsby with Sharon Taylor, a member of Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church in Greenville. Authorities are investigating a fire that burned the church Tuesday night. Up next, Democrats in the legislature call for the repeal of a tax cut. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. I'm Robin Young. In 2006, actress Adrienne Shelley was murdered by an undocumented immigrant, but her husband says he is not buying into Donald Trump's anti-immigrant rhetoric. I have been contacted over the years by the far right wanting to spoon-feed me into that debate. I always put it off. You know, I never wanted to be an emotional sidebar for a radio or TV program. Next time, here and now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A group of Democratic senators in the legislature is calling on lawmakers to repeal recent tax cuts to help pay for road and bridge repair in the state. Lawmakers approved the tax decrease during the most recent legislative session. The cut phases out the corporate franchise tax and portions of the state income tax over the next 14 years. Speaking to the media, Senator David Blunt of Jackson argues eliminating the Taxpayer Pay Raise Act of 2016 is a first step in a addressing the infrastructure needs of the state. Our plan is simple. Uh, We believe the state should repeal the massive tax cut that was passed earlier this session, earlier this year, that has not yet taken effect. Uh, And doing that one simple thing, repealing that one bill, will generate over the next 20 years more than six billion dollars for infrastructure without raising a nickel in taxes on any Mississippian or any Mississippi business. I want to repeat that. By repealing uh, one bill, which has not yet taken effect, the state of Mississippi can generate more than six billion dollars, which can be earmarked for infrastructure, for state highways, bridges, for city streets. Uh, We believe this is the most important and necessary first step to addressing the infrastructure needs in our state, uh, and we're putting it forward uh, to the public and to the business community uh, for their input. State Senator David Blunt of Jackson. State Senator Angela Turner of West Point says the tax money could be put to good use for the state. As has been echoed by my colleagues and throughout other portions of the state, we know that the the condition of our infrastructure is critical and it's becoming more and more serious. Previous years, we have not really acted on the issue that's before us, but then we we find ourselves ourselves at a point now with this tremendous tax cut, a need for repair to roads and bridges and other forms of government. Is it responsible for us to allow this law to remain on the books? 
to allow this tax to be implemented years down the road without a financial plan in place to take care of those services that we all need. We want Mississippi to grow. We want more people to come and travel our state. But then we don't have the infra infrastructure to accommodate that. It's just fiscally unresponsible for us to allow this tax cut to go forward. We need a plan in place, something that's going to benefit our citizens. State Senator Angela Turner of West Point. She and other Democratic senators are calling for a repeal of a state sales, uh, tax cut yesterday to help pay for road and bridge repair in the state. Up next, two candidates for state Supreme Court in the Northern District. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. It's been an unpredictable election year, but one thing is certain. On November 8th, the votes will be counted. Join us for the results, reaction, and analysis on the big night and the morning after. Tuesday at 7 on MPB Think Radio. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, who will be the next president of the United States? Hillary Clinton? I will do everything that I can to make sure that you have good jobs with rising incomes. Or Donald Trump. We are going to make America strong again, and we are going to make America great again, and it has to start now. The race for the White House is in its final lap. Republican Austin Barber and Democrat Brandon Jones break down the candidates on At Issue this Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB-TV. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Next Tuesday is Election Day. In addition to voting for president, Mississippians will have a chance to cast votes for the state's four congressional seats and state Supreme Court. Yesterday, we talked to two candidates in the Northern District race for Supreme Court. And today, we talked to the two others in the race, Bobby Chamberlain and James Kitchens. First, Bobby Chamberlain. I'm Bobby Chamberlain. I'm born and raised in Hernando. Uh, went to school at Northwest, uh, undergraduate at Ole Miss and Ole Miss Law School. I've worked my entire career um, in in the Supreme Court District, done various things in the world of law, everything from municipal prosecutor, municipal judge, special master in Chancery Court, served for various boards, the town of Coldwater, Board attorney, the our local board of supervisors attorney served in the Mississippi State Senate from uh, 2000 to 2004, and I'm running for the Mississippi Supreme Court because uh, one, I think I'm qualified uh, to bring my experience to replace uh, a tremendous justice that's going to leave the court, Ann Lamar, uh, who she and I served together on the circuit court bench for a year or so before she became Supreme Court justice. And, and, and I feel like that we need to continue to continue to have the type of Supreme Court justices that Ann Lamar has been. And I feel that, that I come from that mold and that, that I have the uh, training and experience and ability to, to fill that role. For those Mississippians who may not know how the Supreme Court affects their lives, can you address that? I, I think a lot of times that is, that's very much overlooked, especially with national elections or, uh, you know, discussions regarding the United States Supreme Court. But the Mississippi Supreme Court deals with, uh, obviously constitutional issues, but they also deal with our day-to-day -day actions and our trials, no matter what the issues, be they criminal cases or civil cases, to determine that people have had a fair trial, that the law has been properly followed, uh, and to determine that, uh, the litigants have had a just and fair shake. I think it affects everybody's lives because of, obviously, 
the events that occur, especially in criminal cases, but likewise in civil cases, are, are things that affect everybody's community. You know, knowing that, that those situations are dealt with and then dealt with fairly affect every Mississippian. Bobby Chamberlain is one of four candidates for the state Supreme Court in District 3, which is North Mississippi. Mr. Chamberlain, thank you very much. Well, thank you. And now Northern District Supreme Court candidate James Kitchens. I'm a a fourth-generation Caledonian. I live in Caledonia, Mississippi. My dad was in the Army, and I was raised in the Army. Lived all over the world the first 18 years of my life. Married to my wife, Joanne. She's from Boonville, Mississippi. We've been married almost 30 years. Graduated from Mississippi State University with a degree in economics. Went to law school at Mississippi College School of Law. Worked for a law firm in Jackson right out of law school. Then worked two years at the Supreme Court for Dan Lee. That was his law clerk. Come back home as an assistant district attorney here in Lowndes County for six and a half years and then was elected in 2002 as a circuit judge, and I've served in that capacity ever since. The reason I want to be on the Supreme Court, when I left the Supreme Court in 96 to come back home, Six of the nine justices on that court had been trial judges. Now we're down to two, and soon there may only be one trial judge on the court. I think it's crucial to have somebody on the Supreme Court who's actually tried jury trials, who's presided over trials, who's had to sentence people, who've seen people that have been accused of crimes that were later exonerated through the jury process. We have to have somebody on that court who's actually tried cases because a large percentage of what the the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court does is review jury trials. For those who might not know, because there are probably some who don't know why the Supreme Court would matter to their lives, can you address that? Well, absolutely. If you've, um, you know, let's say you live on on the family property that, that may have been in your family for many generations, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, the area where you live, there's some new, project going on, whether it's a government project or some, you know, some industry wanting to come in and and the um, the state decides they need your property for a right of way or whatever. Well, ultimately, those kind of issues end up before the, the Mississippi Supreme Court. James T. Kitchens is a candidate for the Supreme Court in District 3, which is North Mississippi. Mr. Kitchens, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You can hear the full versions of these interviews later this afternoon on mpbonline.org slash Mississippi Edition. Tomorrow, we'll talk with candidates in Southern District in the Southern District for the state Supreme Court. Up next, remembering a landmark year in the city of Oxford in our book club. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. You know, this has been an unpredictable election year, but one thing is certain. On November 8th, votes will finally be counted. Join us for results, reaction, and analysis on the big night and the morning after. Tuesday at 7 on MPB Think Radio. For many parents, a child's sour tummy is a scary dilemma. For others, it's just another day at the office. Tummy issues are common, but sometimes they can be a sign of something worse and lead to serious complications. This week on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, Dr. Jimmy Stewart talks with you about the warning signs and complications with everyday children's stomach pains. That's this week on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. This morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. When the city of Oxford cut down a magnolia tree to make room for a statue honoring Nobel laureate and native son William Faulkner in 1997, 
it kicked off a year of controversy around development in the small Mississippi town. Over the course of the year, the community conversation expanded to include the Confederate battle flag at Ole Miss, as well as the Plain of Dixie and the Colonel Reb mascot. In his new book, The Statue and the Fury, a year of art, race, music, and cocktails, author Jim Dees explores what 1997 meant to Oxford. In today's book club, he tells us the year was meant to honor Faulkner on his 100th birthday. 97 was the 100th birthday of William Faulkner, so the city of Oxford wanted to have a centennial event. They invited speakers, and they also planned to have a statue built for Faulkner. The planning started in 95, and uh, they raised the money, and in early 97, the city of Oxford cut down a magnolia tree in front of City Hall to make room for this statue, and the location really hadn't been decided on as far as the citizens of Oxford were concerned. So this came as quite a surprise, and it came on the heels when other tree cuttings had happened in Oxford. So the citizenry was a little bit up in arms about losing all this green space around town. And now, right here on City Hall, here comes a magnolia tree, the state tree, cut, hauled away to put up the statue of Faulkner. And it raised a big old ruckus. Even so the, though tree, were, the tree was already people, down? They took it down before anybody knew? Yeah, they actually cut it down New Year's weekend on a Saturday morning after New Year's, about 6 in the morning. Uh, You don't see city crews out often at that hour. No, that sounds kind of suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) And as it turns out, that Monday, a tree uh, law was going into effect where you could not cut down a a non-diseased tree in the city of Oxford. It it had all kind of uh, aromas of nefarious about it. The statue, for good or ill, and I think wrongly, but it got caught up in this whole tree conservation frenzy that happened that year and the uh, board of aldermen and the mayor and the sculpture kind of caught in the middle of this thing. Do you happen to know who the person was that was walking by and said, oh my God, what happened to the tree? Yes. As a matter of fact, it was the uh, photographer that we all worked with at the Oxford Eagle. Bruce Newman was walking to work. We had heard that they were possibly going to cut it, but we just couldn't believe they would do it given the, the climate in town. Bruce is walking to work that cold January morning and looked over and saw the the stump and came rushing into the office and said, hey, they cut the tree down. And we knew right then and there we had a a really good story to ride. I had no idea it would last a full year. Was the statue done? No, no. The location really hadn't been decided on. The pose of the statue had not been decided on. The only thing that had been decided on was that Bill Beckwith was going to build the statue, but as to where it would be, what it would look like, none of that had been decided, but they cut the tree down first. So the whole project just became this very controversial. When you say they cut the was this the city council that did this, the mayor who made the well, decision? The city, the city of Oxford actually cut the tree down using electrical crews who were also there, they said, to take down the Christmas decorations. So the city of Oxford actually cut the tree down to place the statue on city property. What were the ramifications? How did this turn into the fury that it did? You know, what happened was we we printed a couple of stories in the little old Oxford Eagle, and the AP, the Associated Press, picked it up. The next thing you know, the Chicago Tribune picked it up. Then the New York Times picked it up, and we were getting calls from the Baltimore Sun, the Dallas Morning News. It just, the fact that we cut this tree down and Jill Faulkner Summers, Faulkner's only daughter, got wind of the tree coming down, and she said, I'm against the statue. My dad would have been against it, and we're certainly against cutting this tree down. So it just snowballed. What happened at the end of the year? How did it finally 
Was there a resolution or did people just get tired of fighting about it? Well, there was a resolution. It also happened to be uh, city election year. All of our aldermen were up for re-election. Our mayor, who had served six terms, was the dean of Mississippi mayors, declined to run for re-election for a seventh term due to all the controversy. So you had this mayoral election and city election going on, the statute thing going on, the trees. We had nine people arrested for blocking bulldozers in Oxford, Mississippi. One of them, Tiananmen Square style. She stood in front of a bulldozer. We got a great picture of it. So you throw in on top of that, the University of Mississippi, a mile away from Oxford, announced they were going to do a study to get rid of Colonel Rebel and the song Dixie and the Rebel flag. And there were death threats. The FBI had to show up. It was just an amazing year. I kept all my notes as I was working for the Eagle that year because I knew it was going to be a book. I just didn't know it would take me 20 years to write. The Statue and the Fury, a year of art, race, music, and cocktails, written by Jim Dees. Jim, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Karen. Look forward to seeing my Jackson friends Wednesday, November 9th, after the election at Lemuria. Coming up after Mississippi edition, it's Creature Comforts, MPB's Season Pass, and Southern Remedy. And remember, if you want to catch the show outside the broadcast, just search for Mississippi edition in your favorite podcasting app and listen whenever you like. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. It's